بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والآقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه ولا أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته جزاكم الله خير الحمد لله this lesson is coming from Medin to Munawara and it is a continuation of the conditions of the prayer and inshallah we're going to try and um, we're doing this lesson in between uh, Salatul Asr and Maghrib and we have how long left now exactly? Uh, how long? What time is it exactly right now? 4.50 So that's uh, uh, an hour and a bit-ish Okay, so um, uh, we're in the chapter of Salah Okay, uh, and we are specifically in the chapter of the preconditions, the shurut al-salah, the preconditions before the prayer, and specifically we're in the bab aura. Okay, the bab of the aura, which is the area of the body that must be covered, and the area of the body that must be covered, uh, specifically we're talking about for the prayer. And of course, you know, when we have some mention of something like that, then we try to expand it as much as possible, um, and. Um, Specifically the text that we uh, covered last week And I want to just finish off because I heard something interesting So it is impermissible to uh, uh, Or vanity in one's dress And other things is impermissible Okay Arrogance, vanity in one's dress and other things is impermissible as well as image making and their use, the use of images. So this is the final part of this subsection, okay? Now one thing which I found interesting, I got a message that the sisters group, the sisters LP group uh, is all energized and electrified by something that I said last week, which they want clarification on. And that was because um, we were discussing um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the dividing line between a person wearing clothes uh, showing off and just being happy that you look good, okay? And I said that man and and and, and well mankind, uh, um, it's been created in a state that has emotions, okay? Which is a weakness. It's a deficiency. It can be a strength as well. But of course, in principle, emotions are a weakness because they are uh, get in the way of good, rational, clear thought and sensible uh, rationality. And we have the other kind of characteristics which are unique. Uh, to a deficient creation That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Says about uh, Isa and his mother That they walk in the markets Okay And they eat food Okay So the prophets generally uh, are, are, are sold to us That they're not angels They are humans They walk in the markets Meaning they go to shopping And they need to And they eat food Meaning that they have to uh, they have to go to sleep and so on And amongst these things is that we like to look good Right? We don't like to not look good And we like to have a uh, We like to be perceived well We want others to have a good opinion of us So what the question was is that What's the dividing line? Because here the, 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 the Sheikh says that To dress in a way which is arrogant Is something which is impermissible So what does that mean? What does pride and vanity mean? Because where does that leave us with, uh, with designer clothes? Was they leave that was branding and so on, and uh, you know what's the difference in wearing something which looks very nice generically, but then uh, you don't want to wear it because you want the one that has the polo uh, sign or a 
uh, I don't know, whatever, Boss or Armani or something like that. Why are you wearing that? Uh, why, do you, why do you pay more for that? What is your understanding or what do you want people to think when they see you wear that? Is there a reaction? And it, 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 it appears across the board. Um, I don't want to go back to that because we spent a lot of time on that. Um, but what I did mention is that um, Insan loves to look good. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Jameel Yuhibbul Jamal. Okay, Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. And in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah loves that the slave exhibits that beauty, uh, which is an expression of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to a person. Okay, and one time the Prophet ﷺ came across someone who's looking very, very kind of rough. And he said, What happened, Yani? You know, do you have wealth and not? And so on. And he said, Yeah, I do. And so it is good to show it. So then. Uh, what's, I think that we can close this chapter by just one hadith in Sahih Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ said that no one will enter the, the, the garden who has even a dharra of pride in his heart. Okay, an atom worth of pride in his heart. And a companion then said, uh, But Ya Rasulullah, a man likes to look good. He likes his clothes to look good. He likes his thobe and his, his, his shoes and his na'al and his thobe and his clothes to look good. Yani we like beauty. And the Prophet ﷺ then responded. Actually, people don't know that this is the proper version of the hadith. He said, Inna Allah yuhibbul jamal. That actually, no, Allah is also beautiful and He loves beauty. What is impermissible is that you deny the truth and that you look down upon people. So that's the dividing line. So that when you start to become so arrogant that you become close to other people's any advice or whatever, when you become so arrogant that you start to look down upon other people. And so therefore, we can say that if a person wears clothes, even though it's very, very expensive, even though it's designer, what's impermissible in that is that you are so proud of what you have and you look down upon the guy who's wearing the generic version. Okay, you're happy of your Nikes and you're not happy and you know, you look down upon Usman's service uh, or Bata or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, although I just want to say that Usman was saying that he very proudly wears service uh, trainers. Okay. And I have to say that when he said that, I feel very confident. And I said that I also used to wear service trainers. But it was a tough time in school, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough time. I had to blag. I used to have a pair of service tutor, you know. <laughs> and I used, to, I used to blag that they were Nike to my friends, you know that. <laughs> I used to listen to them, this is a brand of Nike in Pakistan. And they used to say, <laughs> So, you know, it's, uh, 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 like I said, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line where you start to really denigrate other people and their clothing. Whereas you are wearing clothes and so on. That's fine. Now, in the in the description or the, in the explanation of this point, I, I made a point that human uh, to defend my position, to defend that it can't possibly be haram to wear designer clothes, to wear expensive clothes. I said that we love beauty by our nature, okay? Um, and so the rules which are gonna govern clothes and costs and so on are things like extravagance, and extravagance is subjective. Mm -hmm. So a person who is a billionaire, they can afford to wear something of the very, very highest quality. Okay, and that's, that would not be extravagance. What would be impermissible is for them to show off with it, not for them to wear something. Like for example, we know that uh, the ulama used to speak a lot about people who are in enemy lands or op opposing the enemy, and that it being such a, a, a an important moment that it's even permissible for the Muslim male to wear silk and things like that. Okay, things which would normally not be permissible, but at that time becomes permissible. Just like Abu Dujana was given the sword, you know, the, of the Prophet ﷺ, and he started kind of bowling around with it, like, you know, right? 
And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he, he, he said to the rest of the companions, Allah detests this yani, walk, except in this situation. Because in front of the enemies of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, we want to make it very, very clear that who the real yani, champions are, who the real blessed people are, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, many people, uh, many people, they buy uh, very expensive things that they can afford, okay? To set a good example to non-Muslims, a good example, meaning that we're not the tramps you think we are, we're not all on benefits, we're not all sucking you dry, you know what I'm saying, yeah? Because that's ultimately their, their kind of perception, right? And uh, uh, and you don't look down upon them in an arrogant way, but you also, you know, say that if the dunya is what you're so interested in and so amazed by, then we've got that under, you know, uh, under control as well. So there are these exceptions, and that is where a person can go out and push the boat. And then I was also said something which yani, set the sisters a bit yani, alight. I was saying likewise with makeup. Women, they like to look beautiful and it's allowed for them to wear things outside. And I mentioned lipstick. And obviously they were like, what the heck? Yani, okay. <laughs> we're told all our lives yeah, we can't wear any lipstick and this and that. So let me just make it clear. We're not talking that record bars yet. Okay? When we say lipstick, we don't mean you know things which are fahish and make you look yani, in a way which is exactly copying people that um, uh, that have nothing to do with the Islamic culture. And there is such a thing as Islamic culture, by the way. You know, there's this big discussion. You'll see all these reformers and modernist scholars, whatever. They're always talking about culture, culture, European culture, British culture, Islam, flavor. And I just want you to know that, yes, there's some truth to that. Um, when it comes to clothing and expression, we do have a cultural uh, 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 strength or we have a cultural identity. So for example, when it comes to women's clothing, for example, in Saudi right, it is black is the color. And women generally should wear black because what is not right is for women to stick out. Because if I was to say to you that, would you, do you think, just from your fitrahs practicing women, uh, uh, that you should wear bright red lipstick? You'd say no, okay? The answer, then I'd say why? And you'd say because, I don't know why you'd say why. Actually, let me ask why. Why is it that you think that red lipstick is not right? Does it draw attention? Okay, is it wrong to draw attention? Provocative. Uh, uh, provocative, okay. I think that's different from drawing attention, right? Mm. Okay, so that's good. Let's deal with just these two for the time being. Okay, the drawing attention, is that right or wrong? Mm. Is drawing attention correct or an incorrect thing? Incorrect. It's incorrect, across the board. Men, women, uh, the Prophet ﷺ was someone who didn't stick out he would like people to be part of society. We're not meant to yani, be sore thumbs. Yes, there are certain things that are non-negotiable because the danger is more important than the not sticking out, such as the hijab, such as the beard. Okay, these make us stick out. But that's okay. That's a religious sticking out which is necessary. But we don't need to go and stick out by wearing yellow clothes and you know uh, red lipstick and uh, you know green hats and whatever, whatnot. You get what I'm trying to say? Unless you're part of Usman's yani, uh, must have then <laughs> green bugs yani, are part of the game. Never hurt anybody. Uh, never hurt <laughs> <laughs> It never did hurt anybody at all. So um, uh, it's clear. So that's why uh, when it comes to the rules uh, 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 um, underlying dress, then with, with women's dress, all colors are allowed, right? And they love color. Women by nature love color more than men. Okay, and I'm, I'm bright color, I mean bright colors, but bright colors in of themselves, they draw attention. 
So does that make it impermissible? We say no. We say that the issue goes back to the culture. So if you're in a culture or an environment or society that accepts very easily bright, color, bright colors, then that is what you wear. And if you're in a society that doesn't, then you don't do that because you will bring attention to yourself, okay? Uh, and so that is why in the kingdom, in Saudi, for example, we do encourage yani, demure, demure colors, okay? That kind of darks and the, the kind of the dark blues, the browns, the blacks, and so on. Whereas if you're in India or Pakistan, okay, you'd go full out. You'd just go absolute nuts on the reds and the yellows and whatever class. Yeah, you would, right? And you'd just, you know, you'd, you'd do your thing. And in the UK, I guess you're just somewhere in between, all right? And that, again, there is, so that's what we call the cultural flavor. But there's an, Isla an Islamic cultural flavor as well, in that uh, uh, we don't believe in, in provocative behavior. We also believe in a concept called fitna. We believe in, um, we're not cowed by the media and by, by political correctness and about, yani, you know, we are mature enough as Muslims to have a discussion um, with, with respect to responsibility. So, you know, for example, at the moment, there's a big, big, big debate. Actually, there's always a debate about responsibility, but especially date rapes, rape in general, uh, crime, and so on. Who's to blame? And the truth is, Islamically speaking, is that there's always two parties involved in a crime. Always, okay? Unless it is, unless it is uh, you know, completely evil. And that'll be clear that one party was innocent, whatever. But, for example, if there's a woman who is, for example, going <coughs> and getting drunk and she is promiscuous and she is this that whatever then she takes full responsibility for that behavior and she should be in a uh, you know whatever is required to happen to her should happen to her under the law and the person who does does and uh, uh, attacks her or or whatever does anything else then they should also be attacked and full law should be given uh, you know applied to them as well this is common sense okay uh, never ever does a woman who does haram ever give the justification to a man to ever do haram and the, the punishments would 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 reflect that so if a woman for example got drunk islamically speaking she would be punished for being drunk and if a man then then raped her he'd be killed so there'd be two completely different punishments everyone upon their right place the point would be for the lesson for society is that women shouldn't be provocative shouldn't entice and men, men shouldn't care about any enticement whatsoever and regardless of whether they're being enticed in the most open way by someone who completely wants to do whatever they want to do men are not allowed it doesn't matter what, what a woman does but everyone's going to be punished according to their intention in the akhirah so we're, we're, we can have that discussion in non-Muslim world today, in the culture today, we can't have that discussion. They just don't want to hear that you want to restrict how the woman dresses or how she behaves or whatever, whatnot. And it's a bit pathetic, really, and that's just the nature of the, the, the current environment and political correctness. So I'm saying that um, in, this, in this kind of uh, uh, paradigm that we're discussing about people's responsibility, I want to throw an Islamic idea out there as well. Where, do, where, where does the concept of women's beautification fall into this? Okay, because I've said that women, men want to look beautiful. Now, women's beautiful is not just in their clothes. They like to physically look beautiful as well, much more than men. And um, we have a dangerous area because, of course, the makeup industry and so on is a massive one. And, and non-Muslims in general, non-Muslim females, certainly, they go the full hog. Okay, the irony, of course, is that as you are in the Arab lands, you would have seen some pretty yeah, crazy female examples as well from Arab Muslims, uh, uh, especially Arab uh, female Muslims. They really kind of taken the whole makeup thing to another crazy level. Um, and this is very problematic uh, in the, the values that they're holding dear to themselves, that they're copying, 
who they're so impressed by. And likewise, the fact that they are having a, an effect upon men who are sexually attracted and are weak in these kind of matters and they are provoked and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things at play. So does that mean, therefore, that a woman must go out basically looking whatever, yani, um, she can't wear anything, use anything and so on? Well, that's difficult. If you listen to some scholars, that's what they want you to do or that's what they want the women to do. Okay, And I'm not even talking about those that, that obligate the covering of the face because if you are obligating the cover of the face, then I guess you know a woman might say, I don't want to wear any makeup or anything because I'm covering the face anyway. So that might make sense. But what if we say that the majority position, which is the correct position, is that a woman does not need to uh, cover her face. Uh, and as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah An-Nur, مَا ظَهْرَ مِنْهَا is the exception that can be allowed in the in society for women. Yeah, I need to cover the zina is known by the mass majority of the scholars to be the hair and the rest of the body. And illa ma dhahara minha is the face and the hands. Okay, the face and the hands and some said the feet. But the face and the hands at least. And we know where the hadith of Asma bin Tabi Bakr anha when she came to the Prophet وسلم, the Prophet وسلم, told her that to cover except yeah, I need these two. And he pointed to the hands and the face. So it's clear that in society, the face of the female is open and out there, okay? So um, if that's permissible, and we have to agree that's permissible, unless you take the hardline position on this, okay? And maybe that's not the right word, hardline, but yeah, in that position. Then you've got to then ask yourself, does the face come with tabi'at? Are there things that follow the face, okay? Is it just a bare face or do things happen with the face? Is it just bare hands or do things come with the hands? Well, we know actually that kohl and hinna or khadab as it's called, okay, are part and parcel of the face and hands. So we know that the Prophet ﷺ allowed the hinna for the hands. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ allowed kohl for the eyes of the woman. Now, I want to put out there that, um, as I mentioned last week, that zina or beautification is really intense for women. It's something which is very, very uh, psychological, very normal to them uh, uh, um, uh, there's a real need um, an innate need that's the word I'm looking for there's an innate need for beauty and beautification and the Prophet ﷺ, we have so many hadith one of the most famous is the woman whose husband passed away and she was pregnant and um, uh, and what happened is that she she observed the idda and in the idda, of course, uh, you're not allowed to wear kuhl. So there's the first evidence straight away that if you're not allowed to wear kuhl in the idda, then outside of idda, you wear kuhl. And if you're not allowed to wear bright clothes and all this, that, whatever, and display your happiness in your idda, then obviously outside of it, you're allowed to. And the hadith is interesting because what she did is that she uh, performed her idda. And how does a pregnant woman perform her idda? After the child born. After the child is born, okay? And so once she'd given birth, she says, then I then left the house, I put on kuhl, yani she put kuhl on and she beautified herself. Now, this word I've got to say that yes, it is very vague. Beautification here, to be honest, probably means more her clothes and grooming as opposed to makeup, okay? Because actually, I want you to know that the concept of makeup per se, i.e. Um, uh, whatever goes under the eyes, what's that? Concealer and the stuff that goes on the cheeks. Foundation. Blush. 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 
and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 well, I don't know. Well, I find out. Where's the shadow go? On <laughs> <laughs> the top. Yeah. So all this, all of this is not from the Islamic culture. Okay, we don't have this stuff. And then I guess, I guess the rest of the stuff that paints all over the face. I don't know what that's called. The, <laughs> Foundation, foundation, yeah. So, found it, we don't have this concept, or never had this concept amongst the Muslims anyway, okay? So, uh, when you see the word iktahalat wa tajammalat, actually, you know, to be honest, the, 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 the language itself also indicates the position. Because the eyes have been specified with the kuhl, and then the beautification, then why would she then, why would uh, it would say uh, the eyes were done and she was beautified? It would have made sense to say beautification that the eyes would come under the beautification so we're talking clothes and nice and basically out of the kind of the morning kind of dark kind of sad clothes yeah and uh, one of the companions came to her and said what's this yani your husband just passed away and whatever whatnot you need to perform your idda it's only been a couple of months or weeks the time is not mentioned in the hadith but that's implied he said it's four months and ten days so she says, she said, no, you got that wrong. It's Yani when you give birth. He goes, no. So she went to the Prophet and she said, he said this, that, whatever. And I'm saying this, that's what's the truth. And he said that he got it wrong. Yani he's, he, he made a mistake or whatever. Actually, he said, which he lied, but it doesn't mean he lied. Okay, but maybe. Okay. Uh, and you did right. So now go and get married. Okay. He did not. Yani criticized what she had done in terms of the dress and the, 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 you know, this kind of thing. So that's part of her nature. I added lipstick. And what I mean by lipstick is that there is, I believe that there's, there's two things that I want to say. There is first makeup or cosmetic procedures which correct something which is wrong. Okay. Or deficiency. Okay. So, for example, we know that the plucking and so on and shaping of eye uh, of the eyes, uh, eyebrows, is something which is impermissible completely. But what is permissible is, for example, abnormal hair growth and so on and so forth. Okay, this is not seen as cosmetic. This is seen as corrective, even though people will call it cosmetic. It's seen as, as corrective. Okay, and likewise, if there is some uh, uh, something that can be hidden by makeup, for example, many people who have acne, right, and very bad acne, it is completely permissible. Right to wear makeup in this thingy, so the foundation would be used in this kind of area here. Uh, whether that's a good idea or not, okay. I mean, even from a health point of view, is another issue altogether. But let's just say that there was a product that was healthy that could allow the skin to breathe, blah 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 blah. <laughs> then you know that could be put on, but then the function of that is not beautification. Um, I also want to say that I believe it's permissible to normalize. And what do I say about normalize if there is in that. Uh, culture, especially a culture that has open face, okay, expressed. I believe it is permissible for a woman to put on a very neutral kind of lipstick that that only makes her uh, lips not look like you know um, whatever whatever the word is, um, not look out of place, unnatural. unnatural. Yes. So we're not, not you know, going on pinks and purples and this stuff, which is pure beautification or makeup or it's got another kind of function or whatever that function is and there's a as i said there's those two problems the the, provoca the provocation the impact the consequences of that and the fact of the values that you're copying and we shouldn't do that okay so kuhul is something that there's space for and there's something yani as i said simple basic so that a, a woman would not stick out and wouldn't draw attention 
but also she's not like you know she just got out of bed basically yeah and i guess the same goes for the guy as well so this is not necessarily something which is gender specific but i think the females will avail a bit more what makeup women <laughs> serious question yeah like actors what kind of makeup like actors and stuff get makeup done no, I don't know. No, let's just take the gender. No, no, no. That makeup is that, 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 that the makeup you're talking about is what every person that goes under a camera light gets. Light, that's, that's something which is different. Um, foundation we got. Yeah. Big day, big day. Big day, yeah, big day. Big day. Yeah. Getting married every getting day. Married every day. <laughs> every day is getting married. It's been more than four days. Now. Unbelievable. <laughs> How many days went to get married, yeah? I mean, look. Uh, uh, the issue of correction is something which is permissible. Um, there's this idea that you know men that uh, uh, what's that stuff called um, uh, facials? Yeah, facials. Yeah, men who get facials is not kind of manly, but that's something which is acceptable. It will look to make the skin look more healthy. It, it, I don't know. It maybe even has uh, uh, other other uh, benefits. Where uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. But what I'm saying is that that kind of thing is permissible. But obviously something else. Makeup is a, is a feminine trait. What about uh, eyebrows in men? It's a big thing nowadays. Same, same. So not permissible to touch the eyebrows at all, other than to correct, to correct, correct something that looks, yeah, any strange. Mm. All right, or like really out, or like really makes you stick out, and no one should be able to. Likewise, Botox, for example. Some people they need Botox actually medically, whereas you've got others that want to accentuate. Okay, that's really doubtful. To you know to say that I want. Bee stung lips. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what the heck is that? <laughs> if makeup is doubtful, then that's not doubtful. That's outside the box. Well, again, again, it goes comes down to intention. Intention is very important here. Okay, uh, uh, is there a medical use for for uh, Botox and certain fillers? If there are people who have got completely sunken cheeks, for example, it's using cheeks, right? Or, fillers or, are yeah. right. Okay. And maybe something might have happened. Maybe you've had j or cancer. Mm -hmm. Yes. So after cancer, the jaw then goes and you know, so you need to fill out. So these kind of things are acceptable. Yes. And um, what about contouring? I don't know what that is. <laughs> contouring <laughs> is basically shading parts of your face. So if you've got like, a, a big nose, what you can do is you can shade the sides and lighten the middle bit so it looks thinner. Color or physical? Color. Oh, color. Right, 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 right. I mean, here's the problem. I mean, you just, you, you know, when you open this door, and that's why the sisters were right to make a point. We need clarification on this yet in the next lesson, whatever happens. So that's why we're starting with this, even though our subject is pictures, okay? But we wanted to do this because uh, it can get out of control, and we do want to keep a lid on things. And once you open the door, then it does then lose the plot. So I don't know how abnormal contouring looks but you know one of the very important things that must be remi remembered is one principle and one ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very clear that one of the tricks of shaitan is that he will make the creation change the creation of Allah okay and yani they will want to cr change what they actually physically look like mm -hmm. so once you start to do things either via makeup or physical procedures where you're starting to physically or even trick other people into what you look like then you're falling into exactly what the shaitan told us that he would do and that's haram but the second thing i think is important that once we start to lose the plot and we start to get that inferiority complex you know developed then it's a slippery slope people have got to be able to have the confidence uh, and i was reading something from sheikh al-albani once 
Um, and yeah, I'm sure that you know some of his stuff come across as very quite strict in this issue. But he did uh, mention a hadith which is well known with the Prophet Sallallahu He said that um, when you see, when you feel yani, in a situation and look to those who are below you. So meaning that whether you feel poor, whether you feel yani, life is very difficult, then you look to those who are below you. Likewise, if a person feels that their face could be better, they don't just want to keep on improving. There's a difference between something which is universally abnormal that needs correcting, okay, and those which are subjective. And once you start playing around with the subjective, you lose the plot. Okay, like 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 a, a, a size of noses, for example, like color, for example, that like how how you know what a, what a, what a, what a humiliated people we are that we are the ones that that use more fair and lovely than anyone else, or that we see black skin as so negative, and we perpetuate these kind of things, uh, or these realities, you know, with our own language and with you know things that we say and do. So we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. There's more to this than just halal and haram. There's a there's a there's a vision as well. There's a long term game. There's a principles. There's values. Yeah. Uh, just a few questions. Wants to do with wudu. So if you are wearing goggles it's inside the eyes. So does the water have to touch that? And because it's powder, it will go through. Can you do wudu on top? Yeah, it is permissible to use to make wudu. Okay, uh, because um, it is not a condition for water to enter into the eye. Uh, that depends upon the nature of the eyelash. What does that mean? So if, like mascara. Okay. If you're wearing mascara. Yeah. So just on mascara, I just want to say that yes, maybe it's possible that that a woman's allowed to wear mascara because I didn't say that. Okay. And kuhl is very different from mascara, but there might be some forms of mascara that could take a lesser kind of form and be more like kuhl. Then there might be some space for that. Okay. Especially in a culture where that becomes the norm, you know, there are some times where it's not seen at all, and then you put it on and it looks very seductive, and that's not allowed. Okay, and that's something that women has to always make that assessment with whatever she's about to wear. There's no doubt that red and colorful lipsticks are out. That all this blushing and all that kind of stuff, that's that's not right. Okay, uh, eyes and you know very long eyelashes, that's that's not right. So. Uh, eyelashes which are going on to very short eyelashes for some reason that are whatever then that's something acceptable and anything that stops water from physical parts of the body then the wudu is not acceptable so for example finger polish uh, finger polish what's that stuff called? Nail. nail polish <laughs> finger polish it's <laughs> yeah, a new one yeah uh, uh, nail uh, polish that's permissible okay nail polish is permissible for women but not red yeah and you know things that stick out you know like you know like really really stick out I'm not saying all reds, but if henna is allowed, then the extension of henna are rings, and they are allowed. And the extension of rings are yani, nail polish, but it's got to be a very, you know, nice for what people want to wear it for, but not crazy, so people are always like looking at it, yeah? At the same time, nail polish does cause a problem of wudu. And even these water permeable ones, I have my major doubts that they actually do allow water to go through. And if they don't, then they have to be removed each time for wudu. Yeah. I don't know. It depends upon their nature. Is it completely hydrophobic? Does it completely repel water? So, as, I, as, I, as far as I'm aware, only like makeup artists and sort of like um, like films and stuff like that will have water, uh, waterproof makeup. Right. And if you, if you rub your face, it will come off. Mm -hmm. But just splashing water on your face, it doesn't make 
Yeah, if it's, if that's what you as you just described, if it's stopping the water and the water doesn't get into the to the skin because it's blocking it, then that's a problem. Because one of the conditions of wudu is that it must wet in the skin, okay. And if there is a layer of X on it that is repelling it in any kind of way, then that's something which is unacceptable. Yeah, um, uh, obviously it needs to be completely repelling because there will be some kind of level of of resistance of anything yeah what about these people who for example from like algeria um sort of uh, western africa who have tribal tattoos yeah sort of the yeah tattooing is not permissible yeah these people who do that and it's very well known <laughs> yeah oh my god you brought memories back of the you got some uh, no. <laughs> 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 no, that kind of although <laughs> anyway <laughs> And on, on Hajj, we had one brother, mashaAllah. What a brother. What a brother, yeah. Oh, is that the rapper? No, no, no. Okay, we're getting carried away now. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, 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 that's not, not permissible. No, but like, for example, we were in uh, Makkah a few days ago. Yes. And like these elder yes, ladies. Yes, 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 that's like, right. Yeah, yeah. In the 80s, that's 90s, right. they were sort of obviously... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds shocking, but even... Elderly, eighty years old. They used to be young, though. <laughs> <laughs> in their childhood or whatever, in their sort of oh yeah, I mean, we're not talking about we're not we're not like we're not that. talking about who's a sinner. We yeah. said that what what is done is haram. Yeah. They, sometimes they didn't do it. Sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. No, we're not talking about their their you know how it's a perpetual sin that. No, 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 no. Tattooing is not the. How can it be a perpetual sin? Like, for example, like their wudu is not going to ever be. No, no. Tattooing is a dying of the skin. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a blocking. Like that part. No. So, for example, what I mean, what let me just make it clear, and for those who want to know more about this, you need to go back to the chapters of wudu that we did, okay, and specifically about the nature of water. Water has to touch the skin, okay. Skin, skin. Mm -hmm. a tattoo is not a barrier. It's 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 it's, it's, it's an actual dying of the skin. Yeah. So to to the reason tattoos are, are disallowed is not because of wudu. Okay. It's because of the changing of the creation of Allah and the permanency of it. And likewise, the uh, the new form of uh, makeup, which does the same. You know, like uh, the the the, the so, eyebrows, so, so many whatever permanent. This is also impermissible. This tattooed drawn kind of uh, things yeah um, can you clarify the stance with regards to hair extension human hair and um, no i can't because you've taken this yeah, right around <laughs> through the streets of medina then we came around here there and pictures yani Right. Disappeared. Picture disappeared. Right. So, what we agreed to do, okay, after inshallah, what we agreed to do um, in, in the lesson, and we are running out of time, is that um, we would go through Sheikh Uthaymin's exact positions, bam, 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 and then I would comment on them. Because so far, there's been, a, I've already given my own opinion upon pictures, and I gave a kind of an, a, an overview three lessons ago on what I think about pictures. And the ruling on drawing and so on because it's a very very dangerous and controversial matter so i thought now what we'll do is that we'll just do the actual text in al-mumtir and see what he says and follow it through to his natural conclusion and then bam will say what we think okay so he says on at the bottom of page 198 of al-mumtir he says so tasweer 
it is haram and there are three types the first type is that when you and taswir by the way does not mean the packed meaning of taswir yeah because that's what we mean in urdu taswir means photograph taswir comes from the verb sawwara yusawwiru taswiran to make an image okay to make an image and that is effectively meaning drawing an image or forming it or sculpting it or you know uh, modeling it okay so what's the ruling he says to do this it comes under three categories what form of taswir because the first one is a taswir of of, of, of making uh, stuff which is manufactured by humans okay that is something which is uh, uh, permissible okay so for example uh, a car a car is a man-made uh, manufactured item so is it permissible to draw a car okay does that make does that, does that make sense okay and, and the reason we're having this discussion of course is because the Prophet ﷺ has said in a number of hadith that go into their dozens that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cursed the image makers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited image making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather the image makers in the in the akhirah and tell them to breathe and to bring back to life that which they have created and there is hardly anything yeah, there are some but hardly any sins that have been described that are so heavily punished and are so heavily compared to punishment is that clear and so it's very very careful that the scholars are with this chapter okay so the first uh, category uh, drawing something which is created yeah by by humans manufactured and the answer to that is that that is permissible that is permissible as the sheikh says if you're allowed to make the actual thing then to draw the actual thing that you've made can be only even more permissible that's a common sense point the second thing is so he goes the second category are those things which um are uh, only allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes but they are there has no life in them okay there's no soul in them right uh there's they're, they're alive they're animate okay animate Yes. Okay. Is animate apply to trees? Inanimate. Inanimate. No, no, no. That's the wrong word then. So, so. Animate is something that moves. Animate is something which moves, and inanimate doesn't move. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, an animal. And it has a and it has life. So I'm talking about trees and bushes and nature. So that is. Uh, inanimate <coughs> and it has no it, it has no ruh but it's alive yeah you know what I'm trying to say so those that, that which has life so nature basically plants basically, plants, basically. Yes. okay plants basically so is it yani, permissible to do that uh, then so Sheikh says for Jamhur Ahlul Ilm that the majority of the people of knowledge they said that this is permissible okay there's no problem with that and the references have been given to Fath al-Bari at the bottom, uh, at, uh, on page 199, the references have been given. And then there are, uh, is uh, a few opinions that it is haram. Mujahid, the student of Abdullah ibn Abbas, the companion, anhuma, he said that it is haram. It is not permissible for a person to make, uh, to, to draw a, a tree or any crop or anything like that. Um, anything which has a life but no soul none of it it is allowed okay so this is the position of the uh, the minority but the majority allow it and the third type of picture 
or the third category of which we're going to put pictures into are pictures of those things which are alive and they have a soul so animals and human beings and everything like that so uh, cows uh, you know uh, insan everything and the ulama they differed over this even until the aspect of the salaf meaning the early early generations the, 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 first, the first three uh, generations so some of them they said that it is haram um, if they are statuesque, if, 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 if it is statuesque. So because to swear is a general phrase, I said that, right? So that means to make models as well, to make physical kind of structures or whatever, okay? So that is haram, that is what is haram. Um, and, but if it is drawing, two-dimensional, then that is permissible. Two-dimensional in Arabic, in Sharia, is called telween, okay? لَوَّنَ يُلَوِّنُ تَلْوِينًا Lawana means coloring, but it also means to the idea is that you're coloring. So it's two dimensional, okay? And at uh uh or timthal is to make a three dimensional. Okay? So some of the salaf they said that it's what is haram is to make physical statues and what is not haram is to draw. Waminhum manqal wahua jamhur the majority of scholars, however, they said that to draw or to create, recreate life is impermissible in all of its forms. Whether you draw it, sketch it, pencil it, uh, or make it into a statue. And the whatever is done by the hand or by a computer or by any kind of form in this kind of way... Uh, Sorry, let me just take that back. He said that whatever is done in terms of whether it is drawn by the hand or painted or whatever, but it's being done by the hand and therefore it is completely impermissible. And in fact, not just impermissible, it is from the majority, it is from the, uh, the, the, uh, the major sins, Kaba'ir al why? Because of the hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu that he said to Abu al-Hayyaj al-Asadi Ala ab'athuka ala maba'athani alayhi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Shall I not yani, inform you or shall I not guide you or lead you to that which led to, uh, was led to me by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Natif, just go and uh, deal with that Shall I not uh, lead you to that which was led to me by the, the, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I will not leave a surah illa tamastaha. That yani that you will not leave a picture anywhere except that it is erased. So they would physically go around and erase it. And what Sheikh Uthaymin says, if you look at the wording of this hadith, erased, all right, if this prohibition of pictures was only to do with statues, then the Prophet would have said, destroyed, broken, crushed, cracked, whatever. But the fact that it says erased means that therefore the mulawan is also included in the prohibition. The mulawan, yani that which is drawn or sketched, is also uh, uh, include, in, included. Okay? Um, Sheikh then also, then uh, I'm just being loyal to the text, I will give my comments afterwards. Sheikh then says that uh, uh, it's a sad thing today how people are so amazed and impressed by pictures. You know, someone takes, draws a picture and people are like, oh, how amazing is your uh, thing? And we become so, you know, bewitched by these people and their, their skills that we made a big thing out of it. And this is not right. And we shouldn't be, you know, creating this kind of inferiority complex amongst us. I'm not too sure, 
Yani, you know, um, I, I know why he's saying that. Because of very famous hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, so this is a hadith Qudsi, so he's quote, quoting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُكَ خَلْقِي And who is more of a tyrant, who is more of an oppressor, who goes and tries to create that which I create. Okay? That which I create. Uh, and then he continued, uh, they will try to create a dharra or a sha'ira. Let them try to do it. Yani. Uh, either a seed or an atom or a barley or something like that okay and so therefore what has been included are those which has a ruh and that which doesn't so all of the things are being uh, 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 included here so there's a major warning which is going on here and that's something which is why the scholars were really scared from this and that's why you will see a lot of kind of people who are even on the fence about it they kind of step back and Sheikh then mentions here also he says that um, you have to understand that this is something which uh, the um, if you study the, the action of the people of Nuh, okay, this is where this whole problem started. Because you know there are all these uh, good people, Waddan uh, and so on and so forth, who are at that time pious people, Salihin who when they passed away, the others wanted to remember them, so they drew pictures of them, they yani, created some kind of memories, just to keep yani, them in the game about how to remember you know, what they used to do, and we then emulate them and copy them and so on. But then what happened, that after the generations went by, then you just got these pictures and you just got these statues, and Shaitan is coming to each new generation and saying that these were gods that basically that were worshipped, and that these are their, their images, and just carry on, and people have now lost touch with actually who they really were, and then their worship then, then starts, <coughs> and it all starts to go to pot. I think this is very important, that Sheikh Uthaymeen himself identifies this, and actually this is known as the Hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, has how shirk actually started. When anyone wants to know the history of shirk, this is where it started from. I think this is very, very important as part of the context, okay? I don't want to jump the gun, but I think this is very important. Also, uh, uh, Sheikh, so Sheikh basically says that, in conclusion, I want to say, this is Sheikh's own personal position, Sheikh Uthaymeen's, and the taswir haram, that to make any kind of image is completely haram. Whether it is to do in a statue form, or whether it is to do in a drawing or sketching or painting, that if a person does it, even if he does it once, then he has become, he has been unjust, he has come out of justice, yani he is trying to copy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he is a fasiq, he is an evil person, until he actually makes uh, repentance. He says um, that there are two types of picture so once you've now agreed that pictures fall into three three categories the expression of pictures happens in two ways the first is a real physical one and the other one is that which is not physical the first one is the non-physical one what he's referring to is video and he says it's impossible that videos um can be put into this category they are all permissible because they're not a real thing Anyone who tries to create a video, it's only something which exists as pixels on a screen and one second is all gone, the next second is all back again. And so therefore, according to Sheikh Uthameen, all forms of videography and even digital photography is something which is permissible. And then the second form, he says that which is taswir thabit al-warak. Okay, um, he goes that this is dependent upon what is going on. 
Yani if a person is he calls this falls into two categories as well. Whether a person does it using a, a camera and then it creates the picture, or whether it's a person who writes it or draws it with his hand. And so if a person takes a taswir, he says that this is not haram. This is interesting. Sheikh and I'm not talking about due to necessity or because of passports or because of because even as scholars say that pictures are haram, they allowed an exception for criminal purposes, you know, to identify criminals or for passports and so on. So Sheikh Uthameen says, no, photography onto a physical piece of paper, that act itself is not haram. He, he said, why? He said, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he condemned the people who make taswir, the musawwirun. He goes, a person who takes photography, it's impossible that you can call him an image maker because the, uh, because the word comes from fa'ala, some effort goes into it. Sawwara yusawwiru. He goes, that is what comes to mind when a person does sketching. You know, if you watch a guy who's doing a sketch artist, they're amazing, aren't they? They have crazy skills, do this, that, whatever, and then you've got this perfect kind of reproduction of a person. A lot of skill goes into it, and there's a lot of practice, and, it's the, uh, uh, and he wants you to be impressed by his handiwork. Whereas any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Patel can just come and press the camera, right? And duck, and it's the camera which has done the work, not the person. So Sheikh Uthameen says is that this device has done the actual taswir aspect, not the guy's hand. So I do not put, put the taswir into it at all, is what Sheikh Uthameen is basically uh, saying. He goes, and also if you look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word taswir, and he, he is the one who forms you in the wombs as he wills. So there's a lot of effort that goes in. It is a physical creation and so on. And he formed you and he perfected your your uh, outside outwardly um, aspect, your outwardly form. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shanqiti, just so that you know that it exists, he is so adamantly against this, it's unbelievable. He's like the exact opposite. He goes, photography is the even is the worst form of, of, of picture making. He goes, you might use another uh, 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 machine, but the, 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 the result is even more perfect, more scary, more sharing in the creative ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, quote unquote. So that's something which should be warned against even more so. Um, and then just to, uh, again to continue with what uh, Sheikh uh, says, he says that um, Yeah, he says something important. He goes, so this whole area of photography, Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, this is a very serious area. He goes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cursed these people. It's a huge uh, 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 punishment. And we should not apply this kind of punishment or, or ruling to, some, to an area where there is some doubt. Yani, you know, I think you can see that there's doubt. If I'm saying to you that taswir is to form whatever, and you press a button and it does all of it, it for you, and people know... You know, uh, most of the time they don't say, "Oh, you're so incredible." They say that, "Man, you've got an, you know, an iPhone 7, or you've got a Galaxy 8, or you've got a Carl's Carl, whatever his name is, Weiss lens, or whatever, whatnot." They attribute it back to them. So, so when there's this kind of difference of opinion, you can't go around and apply that ruling against the people just bam like that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So he goes, "You got to be careful in that sense." And he he says, "Look." He goes, I'll give you an example. He goes that when you take, this is very typical of a Saudi example. He goes, when you take a book like this, and I need a copy of this, 
He goes, if you go, uh, and obviously books are written, okay? I mean, this is the printing, modern printing press, but you've written your copy of the book and you do it normally very quickly and now we want to spread it to students. There's two ways of doing that. You copy it out or you put it in a photocopier. He goes, you're not going to say that the one who photocopies the book has done the same thing as the guy who sits there and copies your writing out individually. Neither in value, neither in work, neither in effort. One is done by machine, another one is done by you. And you've copied me everything in every single way in a very uh, detailed uh, fas uh, uh, fashion. Um, so that's that. So then he goes, So, فَالَّذِي أَرَى أَنَّ هَذَا لَا يَدْخُلْ تَحْتِ إِشْتِقَاقَ الْمَادَّ سَوَّرَ بِتَشْدِيدَ الْوَوْ فَلَا يَسْتِحِقُّ وَلَعْنَ Therefore, in my opinion, photography as a principle does not come into the category of making images and the threat of making images. Yes. We said digital photography, what about actual photographs on paper? He is talking about actual photographs on paper. He is, okay. Yeah. And what do we think of that? No, no, so one second, even he himself is only talking about the act. We're not talking about the use. We're talking about the act. Alright, let me make it very, very clear. This, he, he, he described, he divided it into وَتَحْرُمُ التَّصْوِيرُ وَاسْتِعْمَالُهُ so we're going to come to what the ruling is on photographic uh, photographs on paper and whatever in a minute. But now we're just talking about what's the ruling on the guy because the hadith do not talk about what's happened, or the, what he does. The, 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 the hadith destroyed a person who does it. Who does it. What happens is that, you know, maybe it gets destroyed. It doesn't matter. Yani if I, for example, I'm producing and you're taking it and you're throwing it in the fire, does that absolve me of blame? No, because it's now down to what is the sin. Not about the consequence. But then there is going to be a consequence as well. If you now go and start selling those, or using those, or wearing those, or putting them on the wall, or keeping them in, that's a separate section. We're going to come to that in a second. Yes? Sheikh, do you know when, uh, when it comes to devices like our smartphones and stuff, and you have filters when you take yeah. a picture, yeah. and it beautifies the picture yeah. in a certain way? Yeah. So Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti would probably say, yeah, look, see, there's, there's effort in there, there's people doing things there, etc, etc. But no, according to Sheikh Uthameen, this is not work. This is not forming. This is not skill. This is not, yani, you know, as such. <coughs> Maybe. But again, again, we are, we are yani, going along the lines of his reasoning. He then adds a very important point on 203, okay, before I now give my opinion. Um... 203, uh, on page 203, he then says, by the way, we've said Yanni all of this about pictures, blah, blah, and about permissible uh, pictures, but ultimately the ruling on these pictures and this action of yours is down to intention, okay? So if he, for example, uh, intends by that picture something haram, then the action is haram. And if he intends by something that, that obligatory, then the action also becomes obligatory, such as, for example, uh, uh, making a taswir of uh, your wife for photographic purposes for a passport for example yeah as opposed to getting other people to do it etc etc so he goes that it's very important to remember the intention in the in these in these matters what do i want to say i want to say like i mentioned before all right that there is such a huge difference of opinion amongst the scholars uh, right in the early times right until the late the later times as well and there's an argument that all of the hadith that discuss this stuff, all of the hadith that discuss this stuff, okay, were to be seen in the context of the people that, that fell into its trap. So in that culture, they used to really, really aggrandize yani, a picture and their skill, the maker, uh, uh, whatever. And 
Likewise, shirk and that time was most prevalent <coughs> in the form of seeing things and worshipping them, etc. And there could be an argument that in our time today, pictures and their reality are so normal. They're like they're normal as water, they're normal as clothes, they're <coughs> as normal as cars. When you see a picture, you don't see or feel any kind of reverence towards it. You don't feel like you want to worship it. You don't feel that you're making ta'zim of it and so on. We have now changed the game so much that the rules do not apply. And this, of course, is possible. When the illa is discovered, when the actual reason for a prohibition is known, then we can then change the consequence ruling as well. So what if we said that a, a, the actual reason for prohibition is as the hadith said, that a person is trying to become so arrogant that he places himself in the position of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That I am the one who makes. I am the, all the good comes from me. You are so amazed by, by your creation. Well, look at this. Okay. Um, this could therefore then apply to more than just taswir. It could apply to so many things. Like, for example, cloning. Okay. So cloning can have a real medical benefit and the scholars at the moment, when they give their rulings on cloning and, and these kind of procedures, they're not giving rulings based upon picture making. They're making rulings based upon creation and the concept of creation. You can't do that because you're creating or whatever, whatever the ruling is. But the point is that they're not saying that a person is actually trying to uh, draw something and pretend to be Allah. However, you can see actually that, that's, that some of these people are. If they are very arrogant, they, they'll say, especially the atheist, they'll say, what's so special about creation? I will yani, put, create the, the conditions that are required, that are necessary, and also create as well. So I want you to know that context is very important. And, you know, I, I read a statement from one of the ulama, which really uh, I found very, very good, very accurate. You know, kibar, pride, pride is not an action of the hand, it's an action of the heart. Now, this is very important. If it's an action of the heart, then it means that we are now dealing with the, with the subject of niyat. Okay? And when you're dealing with intentions, then you've also then got to accept that people can have good intentions as well. So just as you accept bad intentions, then there's got to be the concept of good intentions too. And we ask ourselves, the majority of people who draw, people who <coughs> photograph photographs for, uh, for magazines, to make a newspaper look normal, to, to break up text, to make something attractive, to teach people educational uh, things to allow children to relax with certain uh, you know to go and draw something as a, as a as a therapeutic thing or whatever these are natural concepts that happen now especially now when not a single person has the intention that I'm trying to create or I'm trying to match Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I'm trying to rival <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you might say who gives you the right to be able to make the argument I say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the right to make the argument because he himself said who is more of them that tries to create kakhalqi, like my creation? So there's an illa which has been described. Yani who is more yani, oppressive in making this taswir and he tries to recreate that which I do. So it's clear that, when, that the reason for prohibition ultimately is in trying to copy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so therefore, I want to say that and uh, 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 um, there are no doubt that there are certain forms of image making that lead to that kind of arrogance. And there are other forms that don't. So people, for example, who take a picture of a person and then put it yani, away to remember them by versus yani, what you see, yeah, which is huge portraits of certain people in certain places and put them on the wall, okay? 
to, to you know, praise them. And these people command it because they feel belittled if you don't, whatever. It's a very problematic area. Problematic for the one who does it. Problematic for the one who puts it up. Problematic for the one who wants to be seen in that way. And he wants to be remembered in that way. And statues in general fall into that category. People only build statues of people who want them to be revered. So if I think of, you know, like Nelson Mandela is very kind of common and every football team has a footballer that they put up and want to be revered. And even there we will say, even there we will say that the, the intention is not to try and match Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our modern game. But I have to say that there is a ta'zeem and an aggrandizement of the, of the situation, which is a dangerous precedent. And that's why the opinions that I have mentioned were used to be used to be held by the Salaf. Some said all forms are permissible. Some said every form is impermissible. And some said that all physical forms of drawing and photography and graphic design and cartoon work and whatever are permissible. Whereas that which involves physical modeling and yani, statue making, that is impermissible. I have to say I lean towards this personally. That is the class position. It is supported by many scholars. It is supported by lots of common sense and lots of good evidence. Um, it is also, uh, you know, people talk about graphic design today, the use of animation, cartoons. We want to add to the point that you know, there there's another issue in that none of these are real things. So, you know, if you're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala copying Allah in his creation, Allah did not create Mickey Mouse. That's a figment of our imagination. And that's why Sheikh Abdullah Aziz bin Baz, who is from this conservative school, he allowed the recreation of Mickey Mouse, for example, because he said that that's not creating a human being. Likewise, if people want to be in the complete safe, safe zone, then we know that in the surah, in the surah, al-wajh. That, yani, that the real surah of something, the real picture is the face. And that's why you'll see historically that faceless kind of beings or drawings or statues and whatever. Because the idea is that once you take the face away, you take life away. Once you take the face, once you take the eyes away, it can't be real anymore. It then becomes yani, something else. So therefore it doesn't come creation. And that's why even the most strictest of scholars, they will allow outlines. They will allow you to outline someone or to make shadows of someone because it's not creation. It doesn't resemble creation. It doesn't resemble artificial creation, real creation, humans, animals. It don't exist in that manner. And that's why cartoon animation is, I hold, completely permissible because none of that exists in any kind of form. Okay? So I will conclude. I will conclude. How long is the thing you've done? One hour. One hour. Okay. We have to be even from a file size point of view. We'll conclude for now. We'll take this then up later. The actual use of pictures on clothes and, and their, their nature. Um, that it is permissible to draw, to sketch, to design, to take photography in our current kind of society. For the people that do it, yani for the reasons that they do it. Unless that they are trying to be as arrogant and stupid to be trying to think that they are somehow divine in what they do. Okay? That is basically... Uh, my, uh, for my position and I believe that physical forms should be avoided okay physical forms should be avoided but next week uh, we will discuss uh, some forms of toys and dolls which are physical forms aren't they and where they, where do they fall into in the, in the, in the wider uh, scale of things okay so just take a few questions and then we'll close yeah um, you touched on the use of photographs so yeah. hanging them in the house yeah next week next week yes um, is wedding photography allowed I, I, I believe that wedding photography as a actual uh, work or thing to do is permissible. 
because I believe photography is permissible. I believe the keeping of photography is permissible. What's impermissible is some of the photo uh, most of the photographs which are taken. Yani a guy who is, uh, you know, going intentionally to non-mahram uh, hijab, non-hijab women that are not covering their aura properly and then taking pictures of that. So, but if there was someone who's doing it, you know, of uh, 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 proper covered folks, then giving it only to the family and the people that were given permission, then I think that there's some space in, in that. But as an industry, I believe that there are more problems in it than there are good. If you gave it to someone who owns it, yani like you were hired by the family and you said I only do it for mahram, whatever, etc, etc, then and you give it to them, then after that what happens is, is their problem, not yours. Yeah. But but here's the here's the problem, you see. As a field it's problematic. Like to to, be, uh, to assume that the Muslim market is just gonna support such an industry is or a practicing Muslim market is gonna support such an industry is not realistic probably going to have to include some uh, non-practicing muslims probably going to have to include some non-muslims that has its own rulings and it's a very complicated matter above my pay grade and something which is difficult because non-muslims themselves don't believe in hijab so is it permissible to photo photograph someone who doesn't believe in hijab anyway there's a khilaf amongst the scholars on that yes my um, some um, museums have like statues and things are we that's a really uh, uh, good uh, question and it will be covered next week because it will be part of yani, its use or the use of these pictures and things. Anything else? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what we just uh, read, you know, Sheikh Osameen, you know, what he's, he allow, he's allowing video, videography. That's or, right. Or, but he's not allowing the photography. Uh, he is allowing photography. I said Sheikh Muhammad Muqtara Shankiti, the, the uh, Alim of Medina. Okay. Uh, he does not allow photography or videography okay yeah so yeah. Sheikh Uthaymin what is his Sheikh Uthaymin's position is that photography is permissible and Sheikh, videography is both a, a film especially film actually majority of scholars allow film because film is something which is not real because I I heard somebody saying you know like one of the scholars that he allowed videography but not photography uh, 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 yeah let me say that in the issue of pictures yeah. this chapter you have yani, all the opinions and you have all the scholars allow this, not allow that, allow this, allow this combinations of all everything it's a huge error which they had and like I mentioned last week or whatever I said therefore we also need to be very careful how we judge upon people when there's so much khilaf in a subject from our early salaf you will see next week for example that the, uh, the grandson of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq for example he used to have a different opinion he used to keep pictures in his home He's one of the fuqaha of Medina, okay? And so, you know, this we have we have not yani, Abu Isa allowing it. We have yani, Imams of the Salaf that allowed this kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of discussion. Okay? Khalas? Yeah? Yeah? What about Snapchat? Uh, <laughs> what about Snapchat? Because it's got, like, if you filter your phone, right? Yeah. Oh, you do it yourself, I think the ruling on that is haram just because of stupidity, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I consider it haram just because it's not permissible to be stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, uh, as an as actual ruling on the thing itself, then it's photography which is digitally done and it disappears. So from that point of view, it's permissible, but it's just such a stupid waste of life.
Can you put yani, can you break someone's phone that's doing it? Yeah, I think it's permissible to break a person's phone that's doing it, <laughs> grab it from them, and uh, and <laughs> think yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in this room, <laughs> in this room, there's uh, a 90% of people doing it. Snap, <laughs> Snapchatting right now. There better be no no Snapchatting going down right now. It is permissible to take financial but compensation. Financial compensation. First people doing in this room. You can ask anyone. So that's it. Yes, yes. What about children when they're encouraged to draw what they think God looks like in primary school? And that's a really, it's a, what's the best way of sort of dealing with? I mean that's obviously a, I mean that's a disaster obviously and um, I don't know the schools did that. They do. Really? They do. Yeah, they do. do. I work in a primary school in North Manchester and one of the sort of each school <coughs> has their own slant on what they how they teach RV. Yeah. It's important to have a, a, a balance point with point two. Right. People say because. Oh what what no no I mean or you know in terms of in terms of what we say to the the school and teachers and whatever is something completely different to what we say to the child yeah. okay because what what we say to the the the, the school is that that um, you know depending upon if you catch it in advance if you know about it in advance we don't want our children to be exposed to that at all mm-hmm. that's complete stupidity and nonsense and an adult should know it and respect our opinion in that so um, as for the child or as for anyone who thinks about this okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah has laid the stall out very clearly in the Quran. There is nothing unto like him, and he is the one who hears all and sees all. And that's the end of the game. Nothing can ever, ever encompass what he looks like or how he presents himself in any kind of manner. And to try and attempt that is absolute kufr to the next level. Which which is the Islamic ruling, and that's fine. How to express that to a child is done as best as any person uses the phrases to do that because to an adult we would say what Abu Bakr as-Siddiq said that your your perception of Allah or your your um, uh, your perception of the that of Allah is the impossibility of the perception of the that of Allah meaning that the way to perceive him is to understand that you are unable to perceive him and that then just closes the door how you do that to a child okay I, I don't know you basically say to a child that creation like us are, are limited uh, and understandable concepts that we can yani, express, but Allah is above that. God is above that. God is above our understanding. God is above the paradigm of writing and drawing and pictures and videography and so on. So I don't know about that, you know, how to say perfectly to a child, but you express that sentiment. Yeah? Okay. So, yes. Um, is it permissible to be on work brochures? Like- Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a difficult. Uh, 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 it's difficult. That uh, do I think it's yeah, permissible per se? Yes, because back to the responsibility issue. Okay. Um, okay, I want you to understand my answer here proper. Okay, I don't like it at all, and I would never allow my wife to do it. But that's because of what I want from my wife's picture to go out. But as a Islamically intrinsically intrinsically permissible concept, another person, it's haram for them to look at that picture uh, in a way which is haram. Just like when they see a person in the street, 
just like when they interact, just like in here, just like out there as groups. You're not allowed to look the second time. You're not allowed to have desires. And when that happens, you look away, etc., etc. So those rules apply to pictures as well. Okay? They, they apply to pictures as well. So uh, intrinsically, it's permissible with various conditions. However, as a thing, it's something detested. Because no one wants the idea that, that, that to be, you know, their partner to be all good at and looked at, thought about. And especially women are always done like that. That's the nature. That's the nature of men when it comes to women. Any other questions on the subject? Khalas, we'll call it a day. And as we always like to, just to unloosen this, we want to show the uh, folks online, because you guys are all, mashallah, very fortunate. But these guys, unloosen it top, top part. We'll show you where we are. Today's angle is a very nice one. This is Uhud. If you guys haven't seen it, if you don't know, all of this is Uhud. Okay. Now we're going to be visiting this tomorrow. So from the left-hand side, and we're talking yani, upwards of nine <coughs> kilometers, this range, all the way from the left. This window is very, very dirty. Usman has not been doing his cleaning duties. Okay. But all, this, all from this side over there, all the way to there. And this is Shari Uhud, just on the left-hand side. And basically, if you go straight down, not, not, not this road here. Not, not this road here, but just over there. If you go straight down, then you will arrive at the masjid that they've built in Uhud. And there you, you will come to Jabal Rumah, which is the Arches Mount, which is where you hear the story of what actually happened at Uhud. So we'll see that. So here you go, guys. You saw a very nice yani, other aspect of Medinat al-Munawwara. That is all the range of Uhud. And I think it's important to know because when you hear the hadith that mentioned that you will get the reward of the amount of Uhud, think about that amount of reward. It's a huge amount. It's a huge landmass. Okay? Wallahu ta'ala a'lamu jazakumullah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.